Hello everybody, welcome to part two of Peace of Body. Now, actually, as long as you've listened to part one first, then the others can kind of be in whatever order feels intuitive to you. However, I would suggest starting, I'm going to put this and label this as number two, because I know from my own journey of how quickly beginning to heal that relationship with my body ended up being about healing that relationship much deeper down. And I quite quickly realised when I ended the binge eating, which took mm, well, not that long, you know, honestly, maybe a couple of months, the binge eating stopped and I had anxiety underneath. And I just thought I felt a little bit anxious sometimes. And this carried on and carried on. I remember speaking to Dave about it throughout, but then just about the end of the month and being like, I wonder if I've got anxiety, you know, this is something more than just a little bit of feeling anxious. And straight away we're just... Such a, a gentle understanding face he was like yeah yeah I know and he knew all along but was waiting for me to come to that kind of conclusion of realizing that this this has unraveled something for me the binge eating was a coping mechanism and so essentially this is why this episode is really important because our relationship with our bodies isn't just to do with our bodies, it's not separate from us, it's completely attached to us and it can also just be that kind of external extension of our, the way we see our worth, the way we feel our worth and quite often we put our worth into our bodies and when we're doing that we're already not feeling very worthy are we, we're already, you know, we don't have a particularly high self-worth or self-esteem or self-confidence or any of these kind of self-words I guess. Um, so this is why I wanted this one to kind of be you know the second one because this might be something that you very quickly dive into like I did which was a real shock. I thought just oh the binging will end and then everything will be fine in life but actually no I realized that I didn't quite like myself you know and that's tough that's tough to comprehend. So the way I see it is, or the way I felt, I guess, and I do still feel this often, but a lot less than I ever did and I'm aware of when I feel this way. It's, to me, the feeling of being fractured is how I describe it. So when I would have this real issue with the, my body and feel like my body wasn't the way I wanted it to be, and then I would feel really low about myself and feel like I haven't pushed hard enough to make my body right or that I'm not good enough to have the right body, you know, in all of this inverted commas for right, by the way, there's, there's no right body other than the one that feels right and good to you. And this wasn't right and good to me. This was just what I thought I should have of my body. And yeah, it, I realise now that I was clinging on to so much of the external, the way I look to the world, this body objectification, the way that people may view me from the outside. You know, because I was so stuck in this idea of the fact that our worth is in our bodies. And I'm not going to lie and say that I wasn't judging other people as well from the way they looked. And this is what's so sad about this whole body objectification, diet culture um, epidemic, I'm going to call it, because it really does take over the world. How many of our conversations in life revolve around the way we look or the way someone else looks? I'm quite conscious now when someone comes along and I can tell that they've put on weight or they've lost weight or I don't know whatever else it is that they've had done to their bodies and I try to not say anything if I'm totally honest if it doesn't you know because 
I think a lot of it that is to do with our worth and I don't want to then encourage that because I know what it was like for me and how awful I felt when I started to put on weight from my you know absolute skinniest which was too um it, I was too thin for my body shape my body size and when I put on weight I just really struggled with that because then people stop saying things to you don't they they don't go oh you've lost weight or oh you look good people don't say it so much although some did say oh you look a lot more healthy now so but then I go well I look healthy therefore I'm fat you know real real vicious cycle so I call it fractured because it felt as though I just had all the parts of me were just all scattered around and I wasn't whole I wasn't listening to the the core that is holding us all together so all in parts of me together I was listening to what other people were saying and seeking validation there rather than from the inside and so this is what I want to support you through during this whole series and particularly through this episode. So yeah, we can get so stuck in the external, we can get so stuck in what other people say about us. So yeah, I had my identity very much tied into being the, the someone who was quite physically fit, who was, you know, the sporty one all the way through school and then I did CrossFit for a long time and you know, I wrapped my identity in that. And then when we wrap our bodies and our identity together, that could be quite difficult to untangle. So the first thing that I really noticed when I went on this journey, like I said, was the anxiety. And I had to really dive into where that came from because, so I was using food to, whenever I felt anxious, and I only realized this when I started to become aware. So I'll talk about that process again, the awareness, the acceptance and the action, because it's present here again. And and sometimes I feel like it's a bit repetitive, but at the same time, it means that we can remember it through, through anything that you are going through in life. Just remember them steps, awareness, acceptance and action. And I think that will guide you through it. It's just a, a beautiful, a beautiful process. And so, yeah, I was struggling with anxiety and I realised that when I got the anxious feelings, I was turning to food. So even though I wasn't binge eating anymore, I was still turning to foods to help soothe that feeling. And I realised also that I turned to watching TV when uh, I felt anxious. Distraction methods, but these are coping mechanisms. And we must remember at this point that all our bodies, all our brains are trying to do is to keep us safe and protected. And that's what they're trying to do. And we beat ourselves up because we're like, well, why can't you just stop eating those biscuits? You know, why can't you just get up off the sofa? All these different things. But that's our brain keeping us safe because for some reason we feel uncomfortable. So our brain is finding ways to cope. And so I had to dive into that for me. And I realised that I had a lot of issues when it came to control. Control made me feel safe. So for about seven or eight years of this whole journey of the 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 body relationship, the fitness relationship, the food relationship, the self relationship, I was single and I basically could control my life as such, you know, I didn't have to, I wasn't beholden to anyone else, not that you ever beholden, but you know, I didn't have to have any plans that weren't ones that I created, everything could fit around the schedule I wanted and that control became safe. Now, I dived into um, therapy and we're not mega sure of identifying exactly where the control comes from. So sometimes you're never going to find that out definitely. I think it's an accumulation of a bunch of different things from being cheated on in a number of relationships. It was probably quite a big one and she has some of the theories there as well. But essentially control felt safe. 
So I was feeling anxious when I fell out of control and this happened because I began the relationship with Dave and he has two daughters and all of a sudden I had three other people in my life to consider and their needs to consider and that's what I wanted. I, I wanted that. I was fed up of the, the flat roller coaster of just living in this single obsession with looking a certain way and being obsessed with that and the binge eating everything that came with it. I wanted to have that love in my life and so I had to become aware of being triggered by when like events that come on such as one of the girls is sick and has to stay home from school and then that affects what I wanted to do with the day but you know that's that's been a big learning process for me and another thing that really came up in the beginning as well was this feeling of the way I spoke to myself I really would beat myself up and it was Dave who would call it out a lot I would be like oh, I'm so stupid um I'd be more like so fucking stupid <laughs> pardon my French but yeah I would say that a lot and he would say no listen to whether you're speaking to yourself you know call yourself out on that and that's what I mentioned in the first episode and I think is just really common to well a common theme should I say a common thread throughout all of this is to really become aware of how you speak to yourself so this whole journey like I said I think can really go through them three-step methods of the awareness exceptions and actions so in this place it's about becoming self-aware so when we begin to understand that maybe underneath healing the relationship with our body we need to heal our relationship with ourselves and learn to come back to ourselves and like ourselves we need to use the self-awareness to do that to see really what's showing up to us how do I speak to myself so we begin with the awareness like I said <laughs> I'll just keep saying that word, eh? But it's uh, often the way that we speak to ourselves, or the situations in which maybe we feel anxious or or just that's the moment when we go, I'm, I'm not happy in my body right now and what's actually saying about how I feel about myself. A lot of this comes from the conditioning and the messages that we've received throughout our lives. So maybe you've received a lot of messages about dieting being something that everyone does and we all want to look thin you know when maybe family members have said "Ugh, i just i'm so fat i need to go on a diet again you know that kind of um, rhetoric that we might have heard all our lives or we may have received it personally as well from what other people have said about us and then this of course can span into all the other areas of, of our relationship with ourselves so like i said some reason along the way I started to see myself as stupid and not worthy and also not capable of doing things you know maybe someone said to you in your life that um, no there's there's no way that you can achieve that and it stuck with you so it's important to start becoming aware of how we speak to ourselves and what that's maybe saying about memories and you know this could be difficult maybe these memories are not something that you feel comfortable enough to dive into yet and that's okay. That's really absolutely okay as well. Just go at the pace that works for you. And if you need to seek some help, some professional help for this, and definitely ensure you have a support system around you anyways, a family and friends, then then absolutely do that. Do what you need because there can be trauma uncovered from under this, you know. Who knows exactly why I had this uh, real deep connection to control being safety. It's a common one, but... But yeah, I, I have that. So that you maybe have a similar situation and there's some deeper trauma underneath there that needs to be explored. So really do seek the support and help that you need. Absolutely. So this 
situation, this uh, journey, should we say, is different for everyone. Absolutely, we have unique stories. So it's important that we honour that. And the way that I always like to begin this process, and I know I've said it before on loads of podcast episodes, but this is honestly how it all started to change for me, is to start asking myself how I am. How am I? How are you? You know, Ask yourself regularly. Put reminders on your phone to ask yourself every hour. Put post-it notes around the house. Do whatever it takes for you to begin to start asking yourself that question. And in the beginning, it can be difficult. We can get distracted very quickly. And sometimes we still do, especially if you feel a bit stressed. The nervous system is kicking in a little bit into fight and flight. And it can be difficult to do this. We can prioritise other things instead of ourselves. But if you can start to do that, then already you will begin to value yourself more. Even just a little, you know, you'll start to increase your worth because you are listening to yourself. You're asking and you're listening to yourself and you're beginning to get to know yourself. And already that creates more of that that connection, which is just incredibly beautiful, incredibly powerful. Now, I remember, when was it? I think it was when I was traveling around Southeast Asia. I put these memories together. I'm not 100% sure if they're fully together, but I feel like it was when I was in a tent on a cycle to a... Uh, through Vietnam which was an amazing experience and I remember asking myself what it was that I liked about myself and I couldn't think of anything apart from I I went physical of course and I thought well I quite like that my wrists and my ankles are quite thin that's where I got to I just I couldn't even go through my body and think oh I like that part of me or I don't like that part well sorry I do like don't like that part of me but I couldn't think of any other part that I did like and that's probably the first time that I started to listen to or ask myself something, but then I never did again for quite a long period of time. So it's the more we do that, then we can become aware of of what's there and how we're speaking to ourselves. So it's going back to, like I said in the first episode as well, it's going back to creating that conversation with ourselves and learning to speak to ourselves as a friend is massively, massively important. So how would you speak to a friend in this situation when you're saying like, when I would say like, oh, I'm so stupid, and Dave would originally like initially act as the friend to me and be like, you're not stupid at all, you know, and, and talk me through that. And maybe you can have some friends or family on board to help you and call you out as well when you need, because sometimes it can be very difficult to do. So see if you can get other people on board on this journey and begin to talk to yourself as you would a friend. Literally just, just see it as how would a friend speak to, you know, how would I speak to my friend like this? So it's massive to do that. And I think as well, what's really important is that even though I can say to you, because I, I understand it now, that our bodies and our brains and our, you know, our, our behaviours are just trying to keep us safe, that might not be easy for you to believe. You might still have a lot of uh, forgiveness, self-forgiveness to go through. So find books to read, perhaps ones that are calling to you about mental health, about um, self-awareness, about that connection to ourselves. And I began with Happy by Fern Cotton, actually. And you know what? That book's dirt cheap. It's like three quid from the works in the UK or something. It was when I got it a few years ago. And it's such a good book, I think, because it's relatable in that this is somebody who I knew, I grew up with on, on children's TV to somebody, you know, somebody who's actually sharing how they feel about themselves. And so it was introducing more of that two-way relationship with mental health. It made me feel less alone as well, because what someone famous, someone that I've grown up with can be feeling this way. That's that's just crazy. And 
it's a real soft approach it's very relatable it's not too deep a language and I think that's so important for the beginning of this journey which is why if I sound a little bit like a broken record talking about the three a steps and talking about just asking yourself how you are I'm doing that because it's as simple as that we don't need to really find any more steps but I'll share some with you because you know give you a little bit more a little juiciness bulk this up a little bit eh? but please just start with that just building that relationship and asking yourself how you are so get other people on board find books to read that are gonna help support you as you begin to get to know yourself really really important and I think another great thing to do as well is to start keeping a journal a journal of perhaps you asking yourself how you are or just free journaling and writing out whatever's coming to mind to you on that day and something that actually really really helps me is that when I finish work at 12 o'clock and then I go into um, everything else in my day which is like the dog walking I'm saying my lunch maybe I have something social on or if not I'm recording podcasts like this or I'm writing content and when I come home from work I feel heightened my nervous system has been set off I just feel that gentle stress and I feel that that gentle fractured feeling you know a little bit taken over by the energy of others really the external so I actually often do this I just get my journal and I put a timer on for 20 minutes and I just journal out everything that's in my mind just to kind of release it and when we see it on paper there's something really powerful about that there's some research about that um, kind of like that mind and the hand writing connection to see it all being dumped on a page and then um, if I'm doing this in, in its full uh, glory, then I'll do 20 minute meditation, which is more of a kind of integration period and a time to come back to myself really and let all that process. And that's something I learned from Gabby Bernstein and it's called Rage on a Page. And I think she's adapted it from someone else as well. So, but yeah, that's a really important one. I think she talks about that in her recent book, which I've not read, but apparently is very good regarding uh, understanding your own trauma and understanding different parts of you and the whole I won't go into it here, but internal family systems, which is a really beautiful therapy method, for, or so I think. I did a little bit of a course in it as well, and it's really supporting me in understanding all the different parts of me. So yeah, perhaps check that book out. Not that I can say that I've read it, but apparently it's good and I like what she talks about. Anyways, but yeah, give The Rage on a Page a try. And when I do that, I come back to my wholeness. I just come back to me and I'm more connected to how I actually feel. I've got a little bit more, I'm more calm to then create a bit of um, a nice pathway through my afternoon, for example, because sometimes I can be like, oh, I've got this to do, this to do, this to do, this to do. The control kicks in, you know, going, I've not got enough time to fit all this in. But if I actually take a bit of that time to do this, I'm already in a more calm place and I already feel much able to, much better to process the rest of the, the day and the things that I would like to potentially achieve or intend to achieve and I'm more productive anyways I'm more creative just feel much better so yeah there's that and just in general doing some daily journaling perhaps you can start a practice of asking yourself you know you can do a few minutes each day or a few minutes morning and evening asking yourself how you are the three things that you're grateful for what you're looking forward to for the day and then obviously at the end of the day like what's what I've achieved today what have what could what could I maybe learn from today how do I feel right now, you know, um, what, yeah, what am I grateful for from today? And it's just a beautiful way of coming back to yourself. So gratitude is really, really powerful as well. Really getting into the journaling and gratitude 
and also something that I really love doing uh, if I properly take the time to do it. I don't uh, sometimes I don't always do this. It was a bit more difficult when we had the puppy and he's living in the bedroom. He's downstairs now, but it was hard because the moment the alarm would go off, he was awake. But the alarm would go off and I take my temperature every morning. So I'm waiting for that to, to work, which takes a couple of minutes. I put my hands on my heart and just feel my heartbeat and then just say what I'm grateful for that day. And it already switches me into a much better place because I can wake up feeling quite anxious about what I've got to achieve that day. So gratitude is definitely something to focus on here as well. And as we go through this journey, like I mentioned about the fact that we can use the food, the way that we um, speak to our bodies, all of these things are a lot of a, a kind of um, a coping mechanism for something underneath. So this awareness process is about becoming aware of perhaps how you're doing that. So say you feel a little, maybe it's like me, you feel a bit anxious. What is your body wanting in that moment? So often if I'm in a situation, I want to escape it. And if I can't escape it, I start fidgeting. I'm not listening to the conversation, especially if I'm with people. Or um, I start turning to food because food soothes me. And, and that's okay, you know, that's something I've done for a very long time. And it's still there. It's just not at its binge eating level and I'm aware of other coping mechanisms. So it's becoming aware of these coping mechanisms that you're already using and finding other ones as well. So I would suggest starting to be aware and make a list of things that make you feel good. So maybe that's going for a walk, having a bath, um, having a brew to yourself, maybe it's a bit of yoga, maybe it's calling a friend, whatever it is, start to become aware of what those things are for you and begin to bring them more into your life. And that's no easy feat in itself, is it? Because you're there going, maybe I don't even feel worthy enough to do this for myself. But the point is that all of this starts to come together at its own pace, at the pace that's right for you. So trust the process. Always start with the asking yourself how you are and see how this all begins to bring in ways in which you can intuitively care for yourself. So it's this self-care that's really, really important. And do you know, for me as well, when I think about a situation that often triggers anxiety for me is when something's going um, not to my timing plan. So maybe I want to achieve doing a workout by 10 o'clock, for example. So this feeds into the, the exercise obsession as well there. But say that's what was happening and it's quarter past 10 and I haven't been able to because actually what's happening is I'm sitting around the table chatting to Dave or something, which is what I want to do. And that's amazing. That's more important to me than the, the exercise. But my brain will go, but oh my God, you're already sacrificing yourself for, for something else, someone else. And that's scary. And now we're going to shut down. You know, we're going to get really scared. We just want to do the exercise and that'll calm us and we'll feel like we look after ourselves. And I think back to what maybe triggered this and I, I wonder if in previous relationships I gave a lot of myself and didn't you know value myself at all and now I do and and you know I'm in a much healthier relationship anyway so Dave does as well as it should be so he will support me in that and so I'm become aware of this of this situation and then I can then think okay right well it's okay because actually what I want to do what my values are, are to to spend this time with the, the partner of my life you know that's more important to me and the exercise can be moved to a different time or it's not essential or whatever it is so I begin to talk to myself through it and, and challenge that anxiety and I want to share that as well because 
I think quite often, you know, you can read things and this can absolutely be the case, but like, say a situation makes you feel anxious. A lot of the time people will go, well, you know, something needs to change about that situation. And often they'll go, well, obviously you're not happy in that relationship or something's not quite right. But I'll use the relationship one as an example because I heard this once on a podcast and it, and it really, it really bothered me because of course our feelings can be they can, you know, give us an idea of what we're feeling in that relationship. But I know that mine was a heck of a lot to do with control. I know that I'm happy in my relationship. But if I was listening to what these people were saying, it'd be, oh, I feel anxious being in a relationship with Dave. And that's not it. It's the, it's feeling anxious about, when you actually listen to what it is, so listening to in that moment what's coming up, the anxiety is saying, I don't feel safe. I want to escape the situation and go and do something for myself. So it's becoming aware of that and realising that, you know, now... I do value myself more, so I do bring in the self-care, whereas previously I didn't. And so my body is just catching up with that. And my nervous system is just catching up with that, which takes time. So this process takes time. So really, self-kindness is massive here as well. So like I mentioned last time as well, self-kindness is, is, is really, really key. And one of the last things I really want to mention on this is to become aware of the liminal moments in your day. So you know the moments when you don't actually have anything pressing to do. So maybe you're um, waiting for the kettle to boil or you're brushing your teeth or whatever it is. Little things where maybe you're doing a little task but it's um, a bit, you know, it's not actually taking much brain power or you're waiting for something, you're waiting in line, you're waiting in traffic. Like they're the moments to go, how am I? And to find out what it is that your brain is wanting to do. Quite often maybe we want to pick up our phone or maybe it's getting that bit of food, for example. I just ate a biscuit walking upstairs and I wasn't enjoying that. I wasn't present with that. So becoming aware of what our body's turning to and it's not beating ourselves up about it, but it's being aware of what it's kind of calling for. Like if it's, if it's wanting a coping mechanism, what's that about? And quite often it is because we're not really connected to ourselves to, to you know, I think a lot of the time this is a bit more of a spiritual approach and, and this is how I see it. I see it as a way of our body calling us back to ourselves and going can you just listen to me can you listen to your mind can you listen to your soul can you listen to your body and everything that's coming up in it and I think that's often where this comes from not having this and I know that that's how I feel if I actually take the moments and sometimes it's difficult because you're going oh I just want to pick up my phone and be distracted I feel stressed but if we just take that little moment or you feel bored for example you take that little moment to just go okay how do I feel and we calm down our nervous system. So we find ways of calming it down when we feel stressed, which is what I want to kind of share as the last thing on here is that quite often we'll be feeling stressed and um, particularly as we're unraveling our relationship with our body and food, these things will come up for us, these coping mechanisms, these triggering situations. And it's that awareness to begin with over it all and the acceptance and the action will come. You're accepting it by the kindness. You're accepting it by listening to it and being aware of it. And the action steps you're taking are the things such as speaking to yourself as a friend or maybe it is just bringing in that self-care. There's so much here, but essentially I wanted to share all this because I know from my own journey that this isn't just about healing that relationship with our bodies. It is so much more. So hopefully this is giving you little bit of an idea of how to cope when the other feelings start to come up and an idea of maybe why that's coming up for you as well so thank you very much for listening and yeah i hope you enjoyed the rest of the series <laughs>